Welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast, where we discuss and analyze your favorite Marvel sports. From JMR Marble League to all go-do tournaments, we'll make sure you never miss the action. All Marble Sports, all the time, right here on the MSW Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marvel Sports Worldwide Podcast. My name is Brendan. And I'm Commander Wolf. I kept the intro simple today. And we got another show, guys. 133. 133, and we're still going. As we head towards the end of Marbula 1. Interesting race today in general. We're going to talk about it, but uh, otherwise, my life has been pretty... uh, you ever just have a week that you don't even realize it's gone by? I, I don't even know what happened in the last week. It's been like a week since we've done, of course, the last episode, and I just don't even, I can't even remember, like, one thing that happened. Um, I blank. Really? I did play a little huh. ping pong, I guess, so I've gotten better at ping pong. But okay. That's, but I mentioned that last episode. I've been playing <laughs> a lot of ping pong lately. I mentioned that last intro. Now I'm bringing it back this intro. But um, otherwise, things have just been... Very samey for me, samey for me, but um, I'm currently okay with that. I'm going back to college soon. It's going to be a month and a half. I'm going back, going back about the first week of September, and that's mm. life's going to start moving quick again. So I guess sometimes you got to just enjoy those slow moments when you get them, you know, just kind of appreciate the times where things are the same because sometimes <laughs> it's, it's a struggle when the things when things are different, right? I mean, for me, it's been kind of opposite. The time has been going slow, but it's because things have been changing so much. Like, so I haven't been able to actually settle in anything just because my schedule has been all over the place. Yeah, no, schedule, yeah. I feel the same uh, thing. Like, my schedule's been erratic a little bit, but with the same stuff, you know? It's, there's nothing nothing crazy and new right now. Even, like, even my GD streaming has been a little bit stagnant, just kind of doing the same level. So, nothing... Hmm. Nothing new to present to you guys. Watched, of course, the short circuit and its, its qualifiers. I did have a couple. Uh, I guess the the most new thing I can say is that I actually had a thought on the qualifiers. So we'll get there. Um, okay. Which is rare for me, but uh, yeah, otherwise, I did too, actually, yeah, good. Well, then we'll talk qualifiers. How about that? Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. MSWpodcast uh, at gmail Email in. We always love to hear email you email in. in. Um, so indeed, please do that. Indeed. Because now then we can talk about what you're saying. So, yeah. I guess I other announcement for my end. Uh, th- th- so, yeah, two days ago, we're recording the 15th. Uh, two days ago was my three year anniversary of becoming the official co host of the show. Oh, big news. Three big news years. Indeed. Wow. <laughs> and if um, you remember, that was episode 10 when Hershey first guest on the show. So, that'll really put into perspective just. Like, how much has gone on since then? Yeah, Hershey is now removed from this community for good or for the most part. And he was yeah, just starting back then. <laughs> so that's... Yeah, like he's uh, still he's still working on uh, NASMAR, by the way. This is like his, his work schedule has really taken over his life. I've been keeping contact with him. I'm going to do my best to actually help make it possible because, like, he doesn't really have much time to edit. So I might actually end up just editing the videos for him wow look at you taking on that work yeah but, uh, it'll I mean, be a lot of work for me it'll put some of my products on hold but like it'll be worth it so that this because like if it if i do, if someone doesn't do it it's likely that nasmar will just end where it is and that would be a very poor and unsatisfactory way for nat mspn to come to an end i agree because i mean don't end halfway through a series like somebody <laughs> me <laughs> i never did finish that <laughs> oh, who could that be hmm. yeah um but don't don't end halfway through a series if that's uh, if you can help it um just you know just leaves the suspense out there mm-hmm. anyway that's that's the extent of what i got for you guys in this intro i really just want to get into the marbles and uh, get you guys rolling so without further ado let's head to that news Hello, 
Marvel Sports fans! I'm Commander Wolf, here with the Marvel Sports Worldwide News. We've got a really exciting race to get to, so let's just get right to it. Race 9 of Marvel 1 Season 3 marked the return of the Short Circuit, which has been largely unchanged, save for the addition of helices near the very end. These helices proved to be quite the challenge, with marbles getting stuck in the middle sections of the helices and piling up, allowing marbles to pass and get stuck, and this ultimately led to Bolt taking the lead ever since the lap 3, and they just carried that all the way to the end. So the real battle was for the last two podium spots. And what an aggressive fight it was! Speedy, who started out in pole, had a lot of challenges from several different marbles throughout the race. Minty Flav, Pinky Toe, and Mallard, who came from the mid-pack, all gave them a run for their money. However, Speedy's skill, speed, and aggressiveness ultimately won out, allowing them to take the second place spot. This left Mallard to take third. Despite these incredible performances, Speedy and Mallard, along with several other marbles, can no longer win the individual championship. Which just goes to show how competitive it is right now. The overall standings are still open, save for the Pinkies and Midnight Wisps no longer being able to win. But with only three races left, there's very little room for error. So these teams better give everything they've got if they want to take those top three spots. Well, that's all for the news. Thank you for listening. I'm Commander Wolf. You are the best fans in the world. Let's kick it on back with the podcast. are back from the news. Thank you Wafa for doing the news. That's what no you do. No problem. Joe's Marvel Rhymes, 1.36 million subscribers. They dropped. They dropped, man. They used to be they at 1.37 a long time ago, hmm. and now they are lower, which still blows my mind because to someone who doesn't know all the internal drama, like I mean, it's it's amazing. Like I mean, this is this is something never it, it blows my mind every time again that I see it. Marbles race in and all that. So I, don't, yeah. I never will understand why, like how they just stopped. How they really did just stop. Like the, they've been at this number, 1.36, 1.37 for virtually the last, like what? Like year? Year and change? Year, year and a half? I mean, like that. it's been a long time. Since they really had a jump or a, well, I guess a decrease as well in subscribers, it's been pretty much the same for a while. So I just think that's, I, I, I just don't understand it. Like, you would think, you would think something like this would at least have some sort of slower steady growth. Like maybe a, you know, like a, a couple K a month or something, but nothing. Even Races and Fun, which is the channel I do Hot Wheels commentary for, goes up about a thousand every few weeks, right? Hmm. JMR's not even doing that. They're not, they've been at 1.36. Well, they were at 1.37, but they dropped 1.36. They, they did so in the past year, basically, and they've stayed there. I mean, and, and, we're, and Races and Fun, as amazing as that channel is, I mean, they're not as organized. They don't have the same kind of series. They don't have the same kind of lore by any means that JMR has. And they're just another toy racing channel. Um, again, as, as good as and as much as I enjoy them. Still, like, you would think someone like JMR would be growing more i mean it, it is mm. kind of crazy to me but um i think it's not for me to figure out i guess yeah no i i get you and like i something that was brought up in like the at marvel base recently is like how like hey there have been no updates to the patreon and yet they're still making 2500 a month what's going on and it's like yeah mel, mel did most of the work with that dion barely does anything so like there have been no there have been like no award rewards for the patrons so i think maybe that's another thing is like the dedicated fans haven't been getting any compensation for what they what they've been putting their money into and so like heck it's actually dropped down at one point it was like four 4k now it's 2500 mm. so like the dedicated fans have been like not been getting as much connection with the channel and with yella and dion and so i think some of the more dedicated fans have just kind of faded away and, and also it now shows in the content to the non-dedicated fans like hey this isn't maybe as organized or well put together as it used to be, and so it's not as enticing as it used to be. There's so much a lesson. There's so much a lesson, even for anyone listening, really, um, for what we see here. And and that is, when whatever you do, whatever idea you might have that's going to 
with, with the, I guess, the attempt to affect a lot of other people, you know, whether you're making content yourself or any kind of idea where the goal is to serve or produce something for other people to enjoy. If you cut out the aspect of focusing on the individuals and the community that are um, enjoying, hopefully, your content or your product, if you cut out that engagement, if you cut out that extra kind of perk and, and the fun of that, then you're going to kill your whole idea, no matter how good it is. I mean, come on. Do, when you, when I look, I'm looking at the video right now, if you're watching the show on the YouTube, if you watch this, if you watch just this, JMR, Marbula One course with all the commentary and the fanfare and the little freaking lightning ball and the, whatever they put in the middle on this one. I mean, if you watch this, this is this is crazy. You couldn't. I mean, unless you're me, you really couldn't find anything to add to this content. You really couldn't find big glaring issues in quality to this content. This is the the, the peak. This is the top of the top when it comes to I, toy racing, I, I guess, or really just content. I mean, this is um as quality as anything that's huge on YouTube right now. But you see mm -hmm. it fall flat, fall flat by a large margin because of the lack of um, community engagement. I mean, I mean, when you drop 1500 bucks because you don't touch the Patreon, I mean, that's on you, you know? I... It, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if to blame Dion only, but I mean, definitely that lack of engagement. You, you notice, you notice this was a lot bigger of a deal when the Discord was booming and all that inner community was excited and the, J, the old JMRC was still present and the Patreon mm -hmm. had all these rewards. Then it was a big deal and they were growing, not just, not just bigger, but growing. Now it's like, even though they bring literal FIFA or whatever it is into their channel, they lose subs, you know? And so I, I don't know. It, it speaks to that. Whatever you do in life, whatever you do in life yeah. that involves other people, put the other people first, put them first. Mm -hmm. Cause you won't grow yeah. if you don't put the people you're trying to engage with first. Yeah, no, um, like, but speaking to, like, like the whole, like, no possible improvements, like, some people in the, in the Discord were pointing out, like, how, hey, uh, there were some missing points and, like, some graphical errors, like, during, like, the qualifiers, especially, like, how, like, hey, there's, like, like, the time, because of flashing lights, some of the timing was off, and so, like, so, so they forgot to include, I think, uh, Speedy's pole point and stuff like that, so, like, there are there are there have been some more mistakes I think than there ever have been, and I'm not gonna say that I blame the JMA because like if you remember that letter from the JMRC like how and like from my talks and like sometimes they would like get like things like need to fix like within just a few hours like they weren't given enough time but they just like they were so dedicated that they really forced themselves to work really quickly with to try and fix and catch errors before it hit the hit the hit the internet, the JMA like are maybe just not not or more realistic it's like we're, we don't have the time to do that and they're not going to force themselves to do it but as a result that means there's more errors that get through so like it's not really the jma's fault but at the same time it is because that's like there this wasn't a problem before when the jmrc well, was imagine here. if they were paid imagine if they were paid even a little bit JMA yeah was paid that's true bit. if they were paid here take take 50 bucks a week or 20 bucks a week sit here and mm -hmm. watch this video and actually care about it you'd be amazed you'd be amazed what those people catch if they had that true they they would sit here and record an hour podcast like i'm doing if they were paid 20 bucks a week to critique the video but you know what? They're not paid anything. Because you know what? Dan doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's like, whatever. If you help, great. I mean, if you don't, whatever. Mistakes, whatever. You know, he doesn't care. He doesn't. And there's that dynamic between the two brothers really slows down the ability to produce things, you know, with um, fast and stress-free. And then that, that breaks everything else down. Now there's that whole dynamic, and then there's problems, and there's stress, and then there's the lack of care. So now there's no effort on the little things. No effort on the, um, the Patreon. No effort on the Discord. I mean, there's some people mm -hmm. who put effort in the Discord, but they're kind of broken apart from the... Um, they're kind of separate from Dion and JMR themselves. They're kind of like doing things that they've always done kind of separate to keep the discord going, but it's not really JMR sanctioned. You never see gel or Dion. Dion, you never see Dion in there joining in on the activities or coming up with his own ideas or trying to push things out. Nothing, nothing like that. So it's just like, and it's like, 
it's it's a it becomes a little bit of a facade because on paper there's so many good things. You have the little game, you have the marble earth, you have you have all these great projects and sponsors, and you know on paper it looks great. On the outside it looks great, but like when you when you go into how, the, the, you know the inside, the heart of the actual, um, you know the heart behind the actual production, you have gel, but you also have Dion, and that kind of breaks down a lot of the that extra engagement that was there at the beginning and now mm-hmm. is not. And it's unfortunate. It really is. It is. And like, I can't remember how many months has it been since the whole Dion JMRC scandal? I think it was, was it near the beginning of this year in March? 94 was when we had Dion. So it probably was around the beginning of this year. Yeah. Actually, you know, I think because like that was before the Hunter special when I came to visit you. So I think a more than a year has passed then since since that happened, yeah, right? You, oh yeah, you visited me when I was still in Jersey, so over a year, yeah. It was last yes, April, I think, if I remember correctly. Ninety-four. It was it says one year ago, and the exact date was April twenty-third, twenty twenty-one. Right. So yeah, so we're actually a month and a, few, a, a year and a few months now past that and i and you, and you know i don't what? remember you we... know what Waff? you know what a year and a few months of one million point three hundred six one million three hundred and sixty thousand subscribers one year and a change like i said one year and change of the same number right as right as we address that problem which is a big problem that doesn't show on the outside when you click on this video but does show on the inside look same number same number Mm-hmm. It hasn't moved. Yeah. It hasn't moved. It has it's gone moved. down. It has not moved. It is crazy how that is true, but it is true. Like I don't know if we said it in the episode. We probably did, knowing us. But it just it bears. It's not obvious at this point. All that fallout has affected the quality and perception of the channel. Like even people who don't know that of the, in the deeper community who are just only watching from the YouTube, the fact that the numbers aren't going up clearly shows that they can tell there is something different about JMR compared to what was happening back then. And I think it's pretty obvious that yeah, without that dedicated f- group of people who put so many hours into this production, it's not as it, there is something lacking there. It's not as polished. It doesn't feel like, it, and also the computer doesn't feel as open as it used to be, and that le- has led to people not being as interested or leaving the community altogether. And yeah, and I think that. Listen, I don't know what's actually going on with the numbers, but I'm gonna tell you this: my best guess is that as fast as new subscribers are seeing how good the the videos are, because the videos are still good, and subscribing. As fast as that is occurring is how fast people are unsubscribing because they don't want to do it anymore. We're talking about it. We're talking. We're talking in the million and a half people here. We're talking about the very large sample size. I would not be surprised if the true reason the number is staying around the same is because for every person who sees the video for the first time is like, "Whoa, wow!" The mural mm-hmm. in the back is bananas. You know, I mean, whatever they think about the video and subscribe because, I mean, truthfully, it's 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 quite an idea. For everyone that subscribes, someone is unsubscribing because they're like, you know what? This is just not fun anymore. These videos are good, but, you know, Marble One's pretty repetitive. Maybe I'll come back from Marble League because that's by far still the best, just saying. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's just not – it's not – there's no excess fun anymore. There was a lot of little things. There was a lot of really cool and new ideas at the beginning of this that mm-hmm. don't exist anymore. And there's no there's no chance to really get your voice heard or involved. Dion's like, no, nah, I don't want to hear from anyone in the community. I'm just going to go with what I want to do. And you know when you do that, you cut off these, you cut off communication ties. And you know what? People are unsubbing. I think that's what it is. I really think. I wish someone could find out, but I really think it's just for every person that's subbing, someone's unsubbing. I think they're getting new subs because I think people will see this and be like, whoa. But I think people are unsubbing. People are done. Right? People are done with it. I think you're right. That'd be my guess. Yeah. I would say that's that's pretty accurate. And I feel kind of bad for Yella because, like, like, I hope he's making enough money to keep making a living off of this. Because, like, 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 the money we see that he's making on Patreon and, like, it's not all he's making, of course. But then he has to, like, divide up that pay to other people. So, like, the people who do get paid. And so it's, like, is I hope that they're making enough to keep it going. Because I don't know what, like, the cost of living in the Netherlands is. So I just hope that his dream of being able to do this for his living can stay intact. I hope so. And maybe, maybe something will change in the future, but for now it is what it is. 
EduGJ has an email for us this week, mswpodcast at gmail.com. I say it like thrice every episode. Email in. I mean, if you're still listening, come on, email in. We want to hear from you. We like hearing from you because it's fun to talk about what you are thinking. Okay, here we go. EduGJ, short circuit curiosities. That's what he his subject. So he says, the last gold medal of the Thunderbolts before this race was the bobsled in Marble League 2018. It's been a while. No better place than home to break the drought, yet people will insist on the host curse. Yeah, Greg keeps mentioning the host curse, and stop. Just please stop. Just stop. Just keep saying yeah. it. I don't, I guess, I don't know, whatever. That's just, I, he just does it for the extended drama. But I, I, I'm fine with drama, but I'm not fine with drama if it's not, you know, factual, you know. If you exaggerate mm-hmm. something for the, for the moment, that's okay, you know. That's part of commentary, to exaggerate things. Like, whoa, what a pass, when it was just kind of like a little bit of a pass, right? But, I mean, um, when you're saying things that are truthfully just the opposite of true, I mean, eh, well, mm-hmm. it's a little bit, come on, like, find something new, Greg. You know, look at, see an extra cool stat. Don't just say the host cursed again to fill the first minute. Um, anyway, he says, also, according to Neurospecs, this is the fastest track, season three version, in the history of Marbula 1 with a speed of 0.609 meters per second. I would imagine. Hmm. Wow, how did he get the meters? That's good. Were the helices also positioned to control the entry speed into the conveyor belt? Hmm. I mean, Hmm. they they mentioned at the beginning of the season, oh, we're going to have a unique element uh, for every race. There was none for this, so maybe they just threw it in because they couldn't think of anything else, or they didn't have time to make anything else. Well, I will say, for me, the extra long straight, this course is a unique element in and of itself. I, it's one of my favorite courses because of, like, how hmm. it... It's kind of like it's kind of like when you find a really good vanilla ice cream at an ice cream place where the the vanilla, even though the simplest and blandest of flavors in theory, the, but the vanilla is the best vanilla you've ever had. This is that for me. It's really just a simple short course, but it really does a good job, kind of really focusing in the right places on those long straights and hmm. a super long, extra long straight. A super tasty vanilla, I guess in this case, really makes this track its own little feature. They don't need, to me, I don't want any extra, I don't want like random Plinko or whatever in this one because (laughs) the long straight, the excess long straight for me is the big deal, is the winner, is the star. Um, We're going to talk about progression of the course because there's a few things I kind of want to mention. I'm going to address Edu's question here in a second, but um, otherwise, this course is always a big win for me. Um, so let's do that. Let's do that first, and then we'll give ratings and talk about marbles um, and where, and how they're doing. Bolt, of course, will come up soon. But let's talk about the progression of this course because it's it's a short one, but it's a it's interesting how they lay it out. And, and so you know, you see, we start with a couple right handers, and they, that's just kind of set up. I mean, it would be weird to throw the straight right after the conveyor belt because usually you have a long straight into that, so it'd just be way too long. So they put the right handers kind of set up into that. I really like the drop into the long straight. I really like it. It's just it's it seems so obvious, but it still is so smart. It really makes it forces speed down that long straight it really makes sure that it's going to be fast down the long straight and every time it is and every time most every time there is some sort of pass um speedy right there if you're watching with me there's some sort of pass or some sort of gap closed or maneuver based on how marbles dropped in which is to me is always exciting um Mm -hmm. and, and i don't know that that's to me a strong point for this track. But I mean, right after that first straight, you get to the first weak point in my opinion. And that's the first hairpin, which needs to Mm. be banked. Needs to be banked. Needs to be banked. You know what? Yeah. Like that, that was like one of the biggest parts is like, like, if you go too fast, you are you right up on that barrier and then you lose a lot of your momentum, which so, which can like lead to a lot of passing. And like, but I think that was also one of the things that made this race so exciting to me is like Speedy. I was rooting for Speedy. Me like too. I was like so into how aggressive they were. Like they they were like just zooming by, and then they would try, like, sometimes lose it going up because like, most of the time they went too fast and rode up on that lip. But then when they got right back down, they were just like passing left and right. Like the fight for thir- second was so intense. Like it was like for the first time in a while, I actually made myself not look at the standings on the side. For most of the race, because like, I normally be like half and half, because my me, like Momo is usually in the middle of the pack, so the only way I really watched them was there. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put that to the side. And while I lost watching Momo for most of the race, though there were times we could see them, I got to enjoy the racing more. And man, the way Speedy would bob and weave through the track, like Especially Speedy, that like long showed straight, very good. Yeah, they showed why they are 
like one of the greatest Marvels in the entire world. Like they are in the entire so world, yes. good. They are so good. It was so exciting to watch that. Now, um, there's a big reason why the hairpin right after the long straight not being banged is a very, very bad idea. Um, just a bad decision, in my opinion. Now, that is because you punish the point of this course, the point of the long straight feature with that hairpin. If you are going too fast, which is the point of the long straight and the drop, they want you to go too fast. That's the idea and the aesthetic of this course. If you're going too fast out of the straight and hit that hairpin, then you run right up on that checkered section. I, I guess checkered or whatever you want, that barrier, that red and white barrier right. um, on the edge of the hairpin, and you lose speed. Every mar- every marble that was just slow enough to not go up into the ridge, um, up into that red and white section, came out mm-hmm. twice as fast when they flung through the hairpin yeah. because because they didn't lose all that speed and, and they kept on the, the right marble drone terrain. So mm-hmm. it, to me, it's like, it's like then you're punishing them for the point of the track, which is to be fast on a long straight. And then that's right. It's, it's very like, I mean, you could say, Oh, well that means challenge. You have to try to be controlled, but it's not really though, because the point of this long straight is to build street speed. If you have a bank turn that still presents some difficulty to making sure you're, you know, you're controlled through the turn, but there's less of that giant difference. I think mm-hmm. speedy would have been much closer to bolt by the end of the race. If there was a banked hairpin, uh-huh. I really and do. Ma- yeah, and maybe like not even like a better way, like a, a simple way to do it that doesn't even change the track extremely. Just make the barrier a little bit higher so they can't go up on top of it. Yeah, Damn. yeah, and then that that works too. I just think a banked hairpin is always nice, and you oh, see no. them so much in I RML, agree. and they're so well done in RML. Um, I'm just saying, like, if Jmar yeah. wanted a quicker, less expensive, or I guess they, they already have, have it's not expensive, but quicker, a quicker fix that doesn't require rearranging the a majority of the track, just making that barrier a bit higher. Would still be would be good because like it would still be punishing because like if you didn't hit it at the best angle you wouldn't get as much of a, a quick turn but like if you but like it shouldn't it wouldn't like punish them nearly as hard as the way it is currently. True. Yeah. Fair enough. And and either way, it's just like when when you watch this race when they test out this race like like if I was making this and trust me I'm far from knowing all the things that go into making this this uh, JMR thing possible. But if I was making this track. And I saw all those marbles go on the ridge and then come out nice and slow. And the ones that stayed on the inside come out twice as fast. Then in my head, I'm going to be like, all right, let me just at least fix that. Let me at least do any, literally anything to make that not happen. Because like, I, that just takes away from the whole point of the race. So I, I don't know. That, that bothered me a little bit. But, I mean, that was the first error. Um, you come down the next little straight, fine. I like the split hairpin. I like the two lanes. That's good. I would have liked if maybe, um, the lane little split lasted longer, but whatever, it doesn't matter. I like then how it, after these long straight, you have two kind of shorter straights, but still, you know, decent straights. And then you kind of get into a little bit of an agility section to drop into that helices a little bit slower, which helices work better when it's too, with a little slower. So they don't just, you know, run right through them. I liked mm-hmm. the helices. I think the helices made for a difficult final 90 because you're going to come out weird every time from them. There's a lot of battles within the helices when marbles kind of connected and, um, mm-hmm. intersected with yeah. each other It made for a fun little feature. Um, I almost would have liked better if they had half the helices before the 90 and half the helices after or something like that, or just kind of split them into like two Mm. and two only because then it would keep the pace of this course a little higher because it wouldn't be four helices, which is pretty slow, but it'd be more like two, four to six helices would be good for something more greenstony and less, uh, um, uh, I would say less, less short circuity. So maybe two and two at some place, but either way it was still good. Um, to address Idu's question, um, with the helices positioned to control the entry speed of the conveyor, um, based on the fact that there's so many long straights, I think it's very possible. Um, yeah. Though there is quite a long straight after that 90, so they're going to pick up some speed. I. It might have helped. I don't know if they positioned him there being like, all right, we need these helices so the marbles don't go there too fast, but it may have contributed to... Um, you know, making it work out, I guess, you know? Perhaps. Like, cause, like it was easily the most challenging part. Like, like even in the qualifiers, like, marbles, like, they would hit that tip of the first one, and they'd lose all their momentum. And, like, even if they were green in the first sector, they pretty much just lost their chance of making it onto... Om- almost all of them lost their chance of making it onto, the, like, the top half to do the this the, Q- the second race of Q... Like, Q2, because, like, that, the, that part there... And, like, even in the race, like, 
Like that that made a break broke a lot of them. Like Yellup like hit the middle. They got stuck one time. They got passed. But like Mimo and Clementine, I think it was at the time. And it's like it was easily the hardest part. I think second, like maybe even like I would say yeah, more than that that big pair pin turn. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. Um, but overall, that kind of wraps the one lap. Um, but the track is good. The track is good overall. The track is solid. The track is unique in in its vanilla in its really good vanilla way. You know what I'm saying? It is unique. So for me, I mean, I guess we'll throw out a rating here. For me, this one always scores. I mean, it's just so solid. It's like it is. It's, an, it's nine out of ten. I have to be honest about it. Nine out of ten. I will say nine out of ten too. Like the Tesla coil is cool. Like the the flashing lights is a nice addition. I love like. The extra commentary Greg did about the power, like the usage, and like I even was actually kind of a fan of the I puns he did at the beginning. I, I think I think I got completely lost in that. Maybe I just didn't pick up on it, but like to me, there was it was just whatever he scripted did not work in my head. I got completely lost, and I was like, "All right, Greg, whatever, man, let's just get down to business." Um, uh, but like but the, the I, racing, I like that he the, tried. Yeah, like and again, maybe it's not fair to the other races because I I've shifted my focus now to being more on the racing itself. But when I did that, it was a lot of fun to watch, even with Bolt winning most of the time. Although it wasn't like they actually managed to claw their way back closer to Bolt, which was kind of crazy. It's the first time that's happened in the past few races. It was still, uh, they still won it like pretty much since lap three. But hey, it was still interesting. So uh, yeah, I think I think nine out of a ten is a good number. Yeah, yeah, okay then, and we'll go with it. It was just good. It was just mm-hmm. it's just a course that should be in every. Uh, marble league um well i mean that leaves discussing these marbles um i don't have any other topics planned so let's just uh let's just talk about the rest the rest of the race here and where the marbles um shook out here and i want to start with red eye Mm. um as much as everybody probably wants us to start with bolt great but i want to start with red eye because red eye is important and red eye matters and the crazy cat says they're probably going to win this year so we'll start with red eye now Red Eye raced last week, did he not? He did. So Red Eye was raced two weeks in a row. Um, which I don't know if necessarily has been a problem before, but Red Eye sucked. Red Eye did very badly this week, and and so you wonder why. And I mean, maybe we can find out together why, but you do wonder why because it's it's very uncharacteristics of Red Eye to be as consistently bad as he was in this race. And and in theory, like, um, on paper, this should be a good race for Red Eye because this is such a simple idea. It's a vanilla, it's a good vanilla course. So it should be easy for Red Eye because Red Eye's fast and Red Eye knows how to take to simple turns. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I mean, at first glance, I don't really know why Red Eye struggled so badly to even... Could it be the helices? Like, I don't know, like... The Helices are new this season, so we've actually not been able to, I guess, analyze how good they are at it. Well, really. Red Eye did well with the Helices, like a couple tracks. It was two or three tracks ago where I talked about Red Eye and how we addressed the Helices, and he mm. did a good job. Um, though we did kind of roll over the top of them. I remember talking about that a lot, and that kind of helped right, out. yeah. But I mean, but but again, like like those are such a small part, and he was already way out in the lead in that course anyway. I. It's hard. It's hard to pinpoint the problem here. But if mm. you see the progression here, I have the little graph up. You, you got Red Eye started up. the he, he stuck with it for a while up in the top five, top seven area and then just fell after the first few laps. And it was just terrible. It was just terrible. And it was not even a progression. He kind of ended where he fell to. He going up a little bit, went down a little bit. He ended kind of in that. What was it like? Uh, like 10th or something, 11th? just just not there like not present in this race and i wonder whether they should have ran him out there another time after last week um because you know maybe there's some fatigue but it was just it's confusing to say the least um no i guess it's just as equally confusing to see bolt just lead the whole race so i mean i guess that's part that's in there too because i mean that's not what you would expect i mean i i yeah like like, no bolt doesn't stand out i don't i don't know how (laughs) this was a very odd race with the outcomes you're not wrong like I think, like, like maybe it is the Helices, because like, there was a lot of bunching up in there. Maybe that's like Red Eye's biggest weakness. Is like when they're that close together, they don't, ha- they can't 
gather enough speed to really get past. I wonder if Red Eye is like com- comparable to uh, a high speed, low acceleration cart in in Mario Kart. Um, to explain what I mean, in Mario Kart, for, I mean I'm sure everyone knows Mario Kart to some degree. In the newer Mario Karts, Mario Kart Eight, um, to, to to call out here, every cart has a different type of stats, right? There's speed, there's acceleration, and there's handling and whatnot. Um, and there's two different types of carts that people will make a big deal out of using or like like the best of players will will gravitate towards when, you know, like people when you're racing a lot and like people who are really trying to grind Mario Kart and be the best of the best. There's two kind of carts people will gravitate towards, especially back before now. I think there's like a different meta now, but for the for a while there was two different types and and that was one of them was a super high speed cart. And usually that came with a lower acceleration. Um well, actually, most of the time, all the time, it does because if you had high speed and high acceleration, then just be the best card. But yeah, um, usually the high speed, we're talking like um, that bar almost filled in the speed column, acceleration pretty low um, or medium at best. People would gravitate there because what that would do is that would allow for a um, much larger top speed, but the acceleration is lower, so it would take a long time to get to that top speed. Mm-hmm. Now, and the other cart people gravitate towards would be more a low to medium speed cart, but with a high full bar of acceleration, which means that they wouldn't be able to ever hit a top, top speed that's like, you know, impressively fast, but they'd be able to get to their top speed, which would be more in the medium range, much quicker. They'd have a high acceleration. Now, I think that applies here because Red Eye feels to me, after watching him race, to lean more towards a high speed, low acceleration kind of racer. Where once he can get room to get to a high speed, he will find it and then he's there. And it's hard to take him down from there once he's there. Hmm. Right? But if you do, if you have a feature in there where... Because basically what the Helices did is they made every marble have to deal with accelerating. Because... The helices affected every marble at least once. They they all intersected. They all bunched up. They all came out slow. They hit the right hand or weird. It made marbles deal with acceleration. And so mm-hmm. a feature like that for Red Eye might be a struggle because no matter what, he had to often during that race deal with coming back to no speed and then re-accelerating. And so that might be the problem that Red Eye faced. Not just the helices are hard. It's because dropped top speed um, or dropped total speed down to zero a bunch of times and then he had to accelerate back up but his top speed is so high and his acceleration is so low that you know he has the speed in there but he could just never get there he could never get mm-hmm. to the point of that top speed well someone like speedy and, and speedy to me gravitates the other way when you watch speedy speedy is really more of a medium speed but high acceleration racer which is yeah, actually the meta today in Mario Kart 8. Because I never pin... When you watch Speedy, you Speedy... I cannot remember many times where Speedy did a bolt and just led for 100 laps. Doesn't happen. And rarely will Speedy lead by five seconds. But Speedy will mm-hmm. win a lot, and Speedy will be active a lot. And Speedy, Speedy will make a lot of passes. My eyes always gravitated this race towards Speedy and the passes he was making on the field. Because he was always passing. He was always moving. He was always doing something. And I think that's because he has a lot of acceleration. A high agility racer. and not, Like a high... He can move to that top speed quick. Which is like he's always make the passes. And so when other marbles are slow to get back going, he's, he's quick. He's quick and he's moving around. But he, he struggles when things get longer in that top three and stratified. Because... Um, and struggles really to a, only to a, a point here. He's still a strong racer with a good speed. But because... It's harder for him um, to hit a top speed. So him versus Red Eye in like five meter sprint, Red Eye, or, or more like even in a longer race. Actually, better said, and a five meter sprint might be too short for Red Eye to hit that top speed. But him and Red Eye one v one, I would say Red Eye. But him hmm. and Red Eye and like fifteen ball bearings, I would say Speedy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I I don't I think that. I mean, I've never kind of proposed something like this before, but uh, hopefully the Mario Kart analogy helped. Kind of think about that. Every marble, I, and i um, sorry, just a point, I just want to point this out quick. Yeah. Every marble is going to have a different level of acceleration and a different level of speed. Um, might be useful. Actually, I'll do this on the Chrome. So Mario Kart 8 
eight stats viewer. Uh, I typed all those. I spelled all those words wrong, but okay. Um, let's see if we can find a cart stats viewer. Um, I'm trying to Mario Kart Eight um, cart stats viewer. I'm trying to find it so you guys see what I mean here. Um, there's got to be like Mario Kart Eight um, uh, cart speed acceleration handling etc. I don't know. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> that works. I don't know. Okay, look at this picture, guys, with me. Um, open image and new tab. Okay. Um, and I really encourage you at this because we're kind of exploring a new idea here, basically. We're kind of... Um, I'm postulating something new that may come back in the future, actually, because this will help us analyze. This, I actually really am glad that this popped in my head because this is going to help me analyze marble, like actual marble racing in the future when I mm. see marbles and try to compare them to each other because that was always a struggle, but this might help. Um, this might help you guys too. So listen, listen close here, and please try to see the Chrome again because you're going to be able to see the visual. If you know Mario Kart Eight and the little stats viewer I'm talking about, when you ha when you're making your custom cart, then you you can just put it in your head. But if you see here, the cart's got speed, acceleration, weight, handling, traction, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and again, hopefully you can see the picture. But this. Each of these attributes, most of them can be applied pretty well to a marble, but the speed and the acceleration most particularly are going to be different for every marble. Red eye, that speed bar is full and acceleration is maybe medium. But speedy, that acceleration bar is probably full and that speed is more to a medium, maybe four bars. And so I, when you see that, then you can try to start to better understand how marbles race and why you might see speedy race the way he does and do all the passing he's doing why you might see red eye make the choices he's making and then you can mm -hmm. start to see based on this graph because we'll go back here to the video this kind of graph when you see marbles progress through races that might correlate very closely with their stats yeah wait and, uh, i sorry go ahead so I was looking into this. Like, I was like, who raced at Pop Park? Because that's also a very short track that doesn't give a lot of time to build up and then leads to turns. Mm. And it was Red Eye who raced in that track. And guess where they placed? 13th. Well, there you go. There might be something to it. Yeah. They, they, like when, it, when they have time to build up speed and there's not too many sharp turns, they can really get ahead. But when they have so many, when it's not a lot of time to build up speed, they just can't get it done. I would agree, and that might even blur over to Yellow Eye too, who seems to thrive in that. But I, I haven't looked closely enough at Yellow Eye to say for sure. But um, True. I will say, weight handling traction; those stats are less identifiable um, when you watch a marble race. I mean, agility and I think hand, agility would go more into the handling column. So you might want to replace mm -hmm. handling with agility. But traction and weight are kind of they're tough to see. The other three are a little easier to see. So I don't know if this all these five perfectly match, but definitely speed and acceleration and agility and place of handling those three make a big difference. Those three bars are different on every marble. And if you start to see that, if you start to look at the race and be like, okay, what is Bolt doing? Well, Bolt's leading all the laps. Well, what is his stats? Let's think about what his stats would probably be. Then you're going to start to maybe understand better about why marbles certain marbles do good and bad and you really maybe start to understand where the best marble well where the best choices would be for where marbles should race on certain courses listen mm -hmm. just from this little analysis you could probably conclude that red eye's got to be on the courses where you can build a lot of speed which again would seem like the short circuit but the helices went on Mm -hmm. But, like, where you have a lot of time to do that, and there's no big, like, for example, Mo Motorway. Great place for Red Eye to build speed. Because Mo Motorway doesn't have a lot of uh, problems. I don't know who did, but Red Eye didn't race on that, right? Yellow Eye did. Well, unfortunate. Unfortunate. <laughs> but, but like, that would be a good course because it's just, it's just, this, it's the same for most of the course. It doesn't go from really fast to really slow. It doesn't go from really difficult to really easy. It kind of stays very consistent and flowing. So that'll be a good race for Red Eye because he's going to have that time to build up speed, build up speed, and then he's going to hit that top speed, and then you're not going to be able to catch him. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> and analyzing this way will allow you to understand a little better. Again, you know, this is not hard and fast, but allow you to understand a little better where marbles what the best choices might be for marbles and what tracks in the future. Uh, Bolt, in this case, well, you'd probably pin some high speed onto him, but you'd probably pin some pretty low acceleration. And I think it's not just low acceleration, but probably also low agility because you didn't need too much agility for this course. 
um, more just acceleration. But hmm. once Bolt finally got out in front, he he had a lucky set of, um, I think he had a lucky set of uh, circumstances. Because once he once he managed, because he started in that top three, so once he kind of stratified out, made a couple right choices, he kind of built up that speed. He he was like red eye, but got lucky out the gate, right? But um, I think Red Eye has a little bit more, again, agility and kind of handling, able to move around a little bit more, give himself the best chance. But Bolt kind of the similar type stats. So once he got out in the clear, he was good. But um, he had to get there first. And that's why I think Bolt's thrived at this course, but you don't really see him at the top very often. Mm-hmm. Um, so something to think about is what I'm saying, at least. Yeah, that's that's a fair thing to keep an eye out for. Anyway, anything, uh, anything you want to bring up here? Uh, I can't think of anything else, actually. Uh, if our fans got in live chat, get anything to definitely let us know, but we might just wrap up here. Yeah, we might wrap up in a few minutes. I mean, this is not the most um, crazy episode. This is just another race in, in the timeline, so I don't mm-hmm. see anything here that's crazy where I got to you know break down some crazy movement. Though I do think the Mario Kart stats was kind of fun to look at. Um, I mean, anything else that comes to mind? Well, Red Eye's still in the lead. Um, yep. Does have an extra race. Uh, Grand Prix, so things might shake up a little bit, but the top three right now in those current standings have an asterisk. So Red Eye, Clutter, and Royal have all raced um, that extra race. So Origin and Arip would be the only ones in a possible spot to, to overtake Red Eye after the next race port evens out again, but again, we'll see. So Oh, I, oh yes, EG brought this up. The, cra- the Crazy Cat Size are confirmed to be the hosts for the final race. I saw that. Right. Um, <laughs> Mirage Meowton. <laughs> Mirage Meowton? Meow, no, no N. Meowton. Meowton. Oh, my gosh. Meowton. But, um, which is wonderful. And um, honestly, I would have loved them to stick to something and end it with Midnight Bay, but they don't care about tradition. What is that, by the way? What is that with JMR? Because they, they stopped with the Sand Marble Rally as the last event of Marble League 2. And I just don't know why. I I don't know why because it's it makes so much sense. And then they switch to, um, I guess Marble uh, Marbula One type track finish. Uh, now they're switching to Midnight Bay when it was start. It was almost a tradition. Three times it's a tradition. So I was hoping, but mm. I guess not. Um, unfortunately, well, it's important not to be a tradition for that because they may not always be in Marbula One. So it, like having them always host a race might not actually work out. You know. maybe but i feel like still i don't know <laughs> i feel like they should try to have some sort of tradition for the end um at the very least San marble rally should always end the marble league and um they didn't keep to mm. that whatever um yeah, other other important things to point out i mean it was a good race by bolt gotta give it a gotta give credit what credit was due strong race indeed um a good race by Speedy, really a better race, race by Speedy than Bolt because Bolt just got in front. Speedy had a tough time and he did a good job racing within all the marbles and and just finding the right places to make moves. Um, lost out a lot because struggled out down that first straight into the hairpin, struggled a little in the helices, didn't get any lunky bounces to get some clearance. But I was hoping he was going to get some clearance at some point and make a shot for Bolt, and he almost got there, but needed a couple more laps maybe. But um, Still a strong race from both of those marbles. And Speedy right now is sitting in um, seventh overall, but unfortunately is, is red because he has um, he has an extra race. So he actually can't still win. He only has one more race, mm-hmm. so he couldn't actually possibly win. Um, but he, he'll have one more race, and if he races strong there, he's still going to finish pretty high. So I'm hoping for the, hoping for the best for him because I think Speedy is – he he's performed where he's needed to perform this season. It's just that rapidly, don't want to dwell on that. Ado too long, right? But rapidly is not done when he's been called to do. Um, all that being said, this race oh, yeah, is yeah, kind yeah, of we, we, yeah, we even we even mentioned like yeah the p- pinky toe, like the pinky's been doing so terrible, and all of a sudden there they are fighting with Speedy of all marbles for the second place position. What the heck? Which is yeah, and it's odd to see, odd to see. But um, like, I wonder is it is it because this style of track? Like, we don't ever analyze the pinkies because they've never been doing good, so it's hard to know. No, I, do they just do good at these types of races? I don't know. Like, I don't remember short circuit and pinkies the first time around because I was back in season one. So, um, 
I mean, it, it, see, here's the thing. Like when, when something like that happens, right. And this is true. This is true. Um, unless someone provides another perspective, I'm not aware of yet. When I'm watching a race and at the end of the race, we have the marbles that we're focused on, like Speedy and Red Eye and whatnot and to talk about. And we have Bolt and whatever. Whenever I see the end of the race and then there's something crazy, like Pinky Toe got third or like uh, um, who else is unusual? Dash got second, you know. Unless I see something crazy that they did maneuver-wise out on the field, it's hard for me to say anything. Like most people are like, oh, my God, talk about Pinky Toe. She got third and she never gets third. Well, what am I supposed to say? I can really, all I can say is, wow, great, that is so unexpected. Oh, my God. Well, then what? I don't know. There's not much to say. You know why there's not much to say? Because they don't really matter. And they don't, they, (laughs) I love to see, I love, I do love as more than anyone to see a marble who doesn't do well usually doing well. But unfortunately, without something interesting to look at or without some knowledge about the marble or some stats to follow or anything important about them. It, what, what else do I say besides I'm surprised? You know, I, I do my best to pull out things that no one could notice. I mean, I just, I just related marble racing stats to Mario Kart racing stats. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I try, I do try, but pinky toe, she just had a good race out of nowhere. I'm excited. I'm surprised. And there you go. Right. And, and I always find it funny because that's where people fall. Like that's people will say things like um, when I'm when we're, you know, when we're trying to find topics to talk about or we're considering topics right. for an episode, they'll be like, oh, my God, did you see that? Like, I think he's the only example come to mind. But did you see that Pinky got top two? Oh, my God. Talk about that for an hour. And I'm like, what do I say? What do I say? Waff? Wonderful. Pinky toe. Thank you for doing that. You know what? Great. Maybe if, and if if I get lucky, I might see some interesting thing that she did in her race and no one else did to point out. But then what what do I say? I'm happy that something surprised happened, but I can't go on about it. I don't know. Yeah, Millie, I was like, I've only watched the race once. I was very captivated by Speedy's performance. And I was, I was keeping track of like the Bob and Weeman for everybody. Like, but Speedy was just the easily the most aggressive of, of the four marbles who were really fighting for those those two spots so i couldn't really tell you what special things that pinky did the pinkies did aside from pinky tail like taking that hairpin turn really well yeah and a couple times she took a hairpin turn well and she did fight and so so there is fight in there but like there was nothing in there where i pulled out where i'm like okay this is a sign that pinky toe is going to be a great racer for the next duration of marbula one you know there's nothing in there for that you know, there was no crazy pincher movements or whatever we called it when we when I just described that thing Red Eye did. Um, you know, there's not, not, nothing ridiculous that I'm like, whoa. And if other people see stuff, then that's great. That's what the emails are for. That's what mswpodcast.gmail.com <laughs> is for because we all process races different. Um, right. And, and I would love if someone noticed something about Pinky Toe that I could not have ever noticed and wrote in because then we get to talk about it and we get to explore it. And I get to be like, geez, I never saw that and never would have. But um, when I see Pinky Toe get third, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. that's all I got. <laughs> so um, till next time, I guess. So uh, that's 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 my thought on the because like, I guess most people. If they're trying to imagine how a Marble Sports podcast would go, they they think in their head, okay, well, I mean, I mean, what would you talk about each race? I mean, what could you possibly talk about for an hour each race that happens on JMR? Well, their mind probably goes, well, let's talk about things that are unusual. So they think about marbles that don't usually do well, and they're like, oh, talk about them. And then, like, it's not always where all the points of discussion are because, you know, it's kind of like... It's not really kind of like anything. I mean, that's that's the problem. It's, it's not really kind of like anything. It just it just is unexpected. And and in one off situations, it is kind of lucky. And even if you talk more from a lore perspective and less from an analysis perspective, you kind of don't have much to say about Pinky Toe unless you dig back into the retrospective, the places right. I couldn't imagine, and talk about her inner thoughts and how she likes short courses or I don't know, like. You know what I'm saying? So that's why yeah, this, that's why, especially since we're more of an analysis-based show, that happens, and I'm like, okay, great. But then, like, I'm like, okay, let me look at the long term of Speedy. Let me look at the long term of Red Eye. That's more surprising. Let me look. Let me judge the course because I, I mean, I think there's so there's so much there's so much more objectivity 
I mean, subjectivity, it's a better word, obviously. Subjectivity <laughs> yeah, yeah. in discussing the course itself, discussing how that should be, discussing if rapidly should be back next season. You know, there's so much more subjectivity there where we can provide opinions. What There's not much subjectivity on a one-off bad team doing good. What's the subjectivity? Oh, I think that's crazy. I mean, that's it. That's all I can really say subjectively about Pinky Toe doing well until I see more from Pinky Toe that makes me talk about her her racing and and particularly what it's about so i don't know that's what i think about it yeah i mean if anything like that also adds screens like to all the other marble podcasts like let it roll and more recently i think that was the uh i can't remember the name of it it was a uh, marble sports today Marbles today something like that i don't know marble, like, like, they, like they all like they will probably all talk about things in different ways and different types of marbles doing different things than each other, which gives a lot of merit to watching more than just one show because everyone catches something different. And I can guarantee you that they won't spend as much time on the track as we will. They will not break down the track as much as we will. They will not scream about rapidly as much as we will. Why? Because their focus on the show is different. They watch the race and interpret it very differently than we do. We try to see more... I guess we, I don't know how we look, more, somewhat from a lens where we're trying to see how it could be better, somewhat from a lens of how we think it's being processed, and somewhat from a lens of, like, um, why do we think certain patterns are occurring? Well, they, well, I don't, I actually didn't listen to the new one, but I know Let It Roll was more about the lore and the story and the enjoyment and the little fun things. Like, they'll probably talk for for an hour on the little uh Newton's coil. You says it's it more meta, and that, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah they're, they're a more meta podcast. Yeah, so then it's all different. There's so many different things you can kind of learn from each one. So, so I'm sure the viewership is split based on what people want. You know, people, some people love analysis, and some people love to just, um, you know, get into the story and whatnot. But um, that's all I got for this show. Um, we have, like, what is it, three more races? Three. Indeed, yes. Three, three more, more races. So, um, Strap in, man. I mean, this is going to be... I think it's going to be a fun ending. I think maybe mm-hmm. there's a chance that the crazy cat's eyes fall to the Orangers or to the to the Balls of Chaos, but it has to start happening now. <laughs> it has to start <laughs> setting up for that now. But it could, because Red Eye shows that uh, they're not infallible. So Indeed, indeed. Let me off whenever you want to. I'm going to take us out for the show, and uh, we'll see you guys, well, after race 10. Yeah. All right, so since, it, uh, as we said at the beginning of the episode... It's my th- three-year anniversary. We have, of course, a Wolf Tune to wolf celebrate. Tune. Yeah, Wolf Tune. And uh, this one, so a few episodes back, I don't even remember how many ago, but like, you might have caught me singing this one like the very start of it, and like it's kind of ended there in the middle of the show. And it's like, you know what? Let's make that a full Wolf Tune. So I now give you my cover of Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon. Roll on, Marvel Sports fans. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, baby, kiss me. Fill my heart with song And let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words Please be true In other words Fill 
my heart with song Let me sing forevermore You are all I long for All I worship and adore In other words Please be true In other words In other words I love You